0: Hey all, Tyler here with a few quick announcements. First off, I just wanted to apologize for getting this episode out so late. Due to our busy schedules, we weren't able to really find a time to record this episode until last Monday, so I was really under a time crunch to get this all done. So thank you guys so much for your patience and understanding. Also, there's some problems with Kits Audio because there was some low-end hum in their mic feed, probably from an air conditioner or something, but we'll definitely fix that going forward. I was able to fix that in post to the best of my abilities, but it's not 100% perfect, so I do apologize for that as well. And last but not least, I'm very happy to announce that we're officially on Patreon at long last. So we're very excited to get you guys involved because we have some exciting stuff planned both on our main feed and through our Patreon that you'll definitely hear more about later. So feel free to just pledge whatever you like if you just love our content and you just want to help out however you can so you can find that over on patreon.com slash krt and of course a big thank you to our first ever pleasure gomer he's one of the hosts of the random a podcast whose ad you've heard on this show before so shout out to him and them thank you guys so much and on with the show
1: To your seats. Let's go for it. Now that you're here on the podcast side. <laughs> Welcome back to Channel KRT, the podcast where we take a look at the best and worst of obscure media. Today, we take a look back at a different type of madness, Adventures in Wonderland again
0: yes
1: yes woo! because it is dropping on disney plus on april 30th everybody
0: i'm tyler green and we fucking did it it's happening guys at long last the one show i thought wouldn't come to disney plus is in fact coming to disney plus
1: i'm kit quinn and i say gay monarch right I'm Randy Martin, and I say, uh, hashtag release the OJ Simpson cut. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is a book, so maybe someday we can do one of those reading videos for it.
0: (laughs) We are not going to make a drinking game out of how many times we're going to reference the OJ Simpson episode. Because everyone's (laughs) just going to have alcohol poisoning by the end of this, and we do not want any blood on our hands if anybody gets into a car crash. (laughs)
2: How are you even supposed to talk about this show without mentioning that? That's like trying to talk about the Dating Game show without mentioning Rodney Alcala. Oh, God. (laughs) For anybody who doesn't know, uh, there was a serial killer on that show, The Dating Game, in the 70s. Look it up. Oh, God. Yep. Serial killer Rodney Alcala was on an episode of The Dating Game, and he won, believe it or not. She actually picked him, but... Last minute ditched and said she didn't want to go out with him because quote unquote he seemed creepy.
1: Oh, good girl.
0: Yeah, good fucking call right there.
2: Bullet of the fucking century dodge. It's
0: like if you had John Wayne Gacy on as a clown in an episode of Mr. Rogers Neighborhood.
1: Oh god. And
0: then the week after that episode airs, he's all over the news and kids are just so fucking confused. Why?
2: Actually, it's like John Wayne Gacy being in a photograph posing with the First Lady of the United States at the time. Oh, wait. Oh.
0: Oh.
1: Or it's like bedtime for Bonzo and not realizing the main actor in it is one day gonna kill hundreds of gay people. Yay! It's like watching Thriller and then finding out the director that killed a veteran actor and
2: two children. This was a podcast about a Wonderland show.
0: (laughs) So, we don't have to do a long what is our history with the show type intro just because we've already talked about the show. But for listeners who are just joining us, first of all, welcome. Second of all, we love this show. We cannot get enough of it.
1: Absolutely. Just such an amazing show with so many great little moments. It really deserved to be a bigger success at the time. And I'm glad that it's getting more and more love over the years.
0: If you come into this thinking we are going to mock this show mercilessly, You are dead wrong. We are just going to be praising this show left and right.
2: We're going to mock it
1: a little bit.
0: We're going to mock it out of love, basically, just because we love this show.
1: One thing we should probably mention that has sadly changed since our very first episode is that, sadly, the late, great Armelia McQueen is no longer with us. And goddamn, what a loss.
0: You know, I'm really glad this is the episode that won because... It is just a great showcase as to how well Amelia McQueen just fucking nails this role entirely.
1: Absolutely. She embodies the Red Queen. She's my favorite performance of her. It's so funny cuz
2: as far as Red Queens go in just any Wonderland adaptation, she is straight up the like most tame and like
1: least evil queen and yet she's just straight up the best. (laughs) I love how they don't entirely get rid of her being kind of selfish. I do love that they kind of have a character who isn't 100% moral all the time, which honestly makes the show have way more personality, and I appreciate it. She kind of reminds me of uh, Kuzco, actually. Yeah, that's
2: correct. Ooh,
0: yeah, that's right.
1: Someone who's still,
2: like, you know, self-absorbed and selfish, but they're still just such a lovable character.
0: Somewhere, Micah Hirsch's ears just perked up, and he's just so excited right now. I don't blame him.
1: Ah, he's at my window! <laughs> and then another thing we should probably mention about this episode, we have another no-escape celebrity, which is, get ready for this, Terry Gar.
0: Oh, man.
1: (laughs) Welcome to the No Escape Club.
0: I'm sure you guys have probably been following this on our Twitter, but this is actually our first Viewer's Choice poll. And I just want to thank all the listeners for helping us pick the episode that we're talking about tonight. But how much do you guys want to bet that this is just Terry Gar somehow working her magic, just witchcraft somehow, and just... Fixing the poll so that we talk about this specific episode.
1: She probably was just listening from a distance and she just suddenly turned into Agatha Harkness and was like, I know how to manipulate this poll. It
0: was Terry Gar all along.
1: And I killed Cheshire Cat too. (laughs) Hey! Except that would actually be good.
0: But real quick, speaking of our poll, once again, I do want to thank everybody for participating in that poll. We had a lot of fun doing it and... We'll definitely do it again sometime, and if there was a specific episode that you wanted to win that didn't, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll probably cover it at some point, or maybe Tony Goldmark will cover it if slash when this show comes up on Escape from Vault Disney, so...
1: Thank you for bossing us around. I kid, I kid. <laughs> Actually, I just realized since,
2: like you said earlier, we never thought this would end up on Disney+. Plus. We thought this was just gonna be in the vault forever, only available as low-quality VHS rips on YouTube, but... If they can get this on, we're probably going to see other... Vintage Disney Channel shows, we're probably going to get Size. Unfortunately, we're probably going to get Pooh Corner. Oh, God. Dumbo
0: Circus. Not ready for
2: that. Dumbo Circus, we're probably going to get that, too. How much
0: do you guys want to bet that they're eventually going to put on the figment educational shorts?
1: Oh, my God, yes, they need to. I wonder if they'll also add in, like, Nightmare Ned or that unreleased Coyotes movie because, Mm. holy crap, that would be a deep cut, if any. I mean, I can understand...
2: Why they would not want to publicly announce their affiliation with one of these, but I would love to see Disney Plus release every 3D movie that was made for the parks in 4K on Disney Plus. The only reason I think it will not happen- is because Disney's not going to want to touch Captain EO again. Yeah, Yeah, for the best. As much as I would absolutely love HD home release of Captain EO, because that really is like one of my all-time favorite Disney things ever, regardless of uh, the main character.
0: (laughs) I mean, that and I kind of feel like Disney probably thinks that theme park content is probably too niche for the general public. Like, they are vastly underestimating the power of just theme park fandom as a whole. And I mean that in a, a s- slightly in the middle way.
2: But like, I could see them releasing all the other 3D films. I could easily see things like Magic Journeys or Honey, I Shrunk the Audience
1: on Disney+. Plus Or Muppet Vision. I guess maybe nothing that's currently in the park because they don't want to pull a Shrek 4D and then have it like be available everywhere else. So there's like no point. So
2: <laughs> plus the, the thing with Muppet Vision 3D is that it's truthfully Muppet Vision 4D? Because like you have all the effects and the animatronics around you. You have a Swedish chef behind you. You got a real life Sweetums walking around. <laughs> the The best way the the best way to experience Muppet Vision is just by being there.
1: Yeah, because then you'd have you'd be so confused why they're calling for the Swedish Chef. You'd be confused where Statler and Waldorf are. It, it'd be a mess. <laughs> like I can see how releasing Honey I Shrunk the Audience
2: for a home viewing doesn't make sense, but Magic Journeys is literally just like shots of things.
1: <laughs> Keep Nigel Channing off of Disney Plus, please. Actually, instead of Nigel Channing, they should just film Eric Idle saying "animated little fucker." <laughs> Although to
2: be fair, DreamWorks has released. Shrek 4D on every form of home media known to man, (laughs) cereal boxes, Netflix, video... (laughs) DVD special features
1: YouTube you can just watch that wherever if you're wondering if the 3d is any better on your home screen don't worry it's not (laughs) oh Shrek 4d I'm
2: disappointed in how mediocre you were
0: okay one quick fact about Nigel Channing real quick so had he not gotten sick Nigel Channing was almost gonna be played by raw fucking Julia
1: Oh Oh my god. For Gomez freaking Adams. Holy crap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I love me some Eric Idle, but you you can't go wrong with Raw Julia, ever.
2: First of all, I would fucking love to see the Adams family cross over with Journey into Imagination. Yes. (laughs) I would totally forgive the brutal public execution of DreamFinder if that is what replaced him.
0: On the one hand, yes. On the other, no.
2: I- I'd be right there, like, I'm sorry, Dreamfinder,
1: but it's the Addams family. Me at the Disney Vault, let Dreamfinder out! Let him out! <laughs> I know you're keeping both him and Buzzy in there.
0: <laughs> but anyway, we'll talk about something adjacent to a 3D theme park show sometime in the future, so as for this, we're going back to Wonderland, back down the rabbit hole, baby.
1: The thing
2: filmed at MGM Studios. Not only was it filmed at MGM Studios in Disney World, but there was... A brief, small, temporary Adventures in Wonderland attraction at Epcot. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: in the uh, Spaceship Earth Post show in back in the 90s.
1: Yeah, it was amazing. They we were able to get at least most of the cast back, like Armelia McQueen. And then they got Harry Waters Jr. and Wesley Mann.
0: No, they actually only got Armelia McQueen back for that.
1: Oh, right, right, yeah. Because
0: she's irreplaceable. I mean, I, I kind of shudder to think that there was someone else playing Hatter and Hare. Yeah. At one point, and I really want to see that, just out of sheer morbid curiosity.
1: They're non-union equivalent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Topper and bald.
1: <laughs> the April bald.
0: <laughs> there is a video of the Adventures in Wonderland post-show from Spaceship Earth, thanks to uh, Tammy Tucky from the Tierra Talk Show. Yeah, uh, Shout out to her. And, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating, I will say.
1: It really is. It kind of worked more like kind of a little quest, like that one Phineas and Ferb attraction a couple of years ago. But, yeah, it's really fascinating how it all works. And so today's episode, we're going to be talking about Wonderland the movie, like we said, which is Adventures in Wonderland doing The Office before The Office, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And basically doing this is spinal tap, I guess.
0: (laughs) My favorite part was when the caterpillar was talking about turning his amp up all the way to 11.
1: (laughs) I like the part where Mad Hatter just quietly whispers, shit sandwich.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So in this episode, the White Rabbit basically films that QAnon
1: documentary. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Down the rabbit hole. It also relies on the unreliable narrator trope where it's kind of a, Okay, these two characters are arguing over something, so we gotta figure out what actually happened because one of them is lying, but neither of them are telling the truth.
0: (laughs) I mean, I kind of believe the Red Queen side of the story a bit more than anyone else's, I think.
1: Yeah, it's actually kind of complicated because I do think it'd be easier to believe the Red Queen would be more selfish according to the Duchess's story about her, but I also have a hard time believing the Duchess is that clean when it comes to arrogance herself.
0: You know, say what you want about the Red Queen. I am pretty sure that the Duchess has killed several people <laughs> in some capacity.
1: Off with
2: all your heads! <laughs> I was going to say, um, you could cut this out if you want. But the Duchess is coming off as super racist here. Oh, God. She
0: totally is. Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) I would say the Red Queen overall is, like, yeah, self-absorbed, selfish. But, like, I wouldn't exactly call her, like, you know, brash or anything. Or, like, how the Duchess is describing her. And the Duchess is, like, describing her as all those, like stereotypical angry black woman tropes. So the Duchess is a fucking racist.
0: Which is very unsurprising. I mean, no disrespect to Terry Gar, of course. Oh, speaking of the Duchess, so my, my expectation for the character was that she would just show up every now and then on a whim in the show. She shows up in a whole fucking story arc, apparently, where she shows up in six straight episodes. So they really just play up the rivalry between the two in those six episodes, I guess. But man, there really was no escape from Terry Gar.
1: Plus, she was on an episode of The Weird Al Show.
0: Yeah, she did The Weird Al Show. She did Shining Time Station. She did some other topic we'll probably cover somewhere down the line.
1: Hell yes.
0: <laughs> She's probably going to find a way to just insert herself in every topic we covered.
1: Pretty soon we're just going to make an entire podcast that's just about her and, like, Terrygar is the greatest thing that ever has happened. There will be no other thing in the universe. If you are not worshipping Terrygar please immediately turn yourself into Terry gar Basically talking like a fucking stan Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're telling me the Walt Disney Company isn't the only one employing those Bolivian
1: mice? What Bolivian mice? What? I don't know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> so I'm just calling it now. Terry Gar is probably going to insert herself into Gay Paris. She's probably going to make herself Granny Garbanzo.
2: She's going to go even farther than that. She's going to go into like every escape from Walt Disney any of us have been into. <laughs> So, like, she's gonna go in the Great Muppet caper, she's gonna go in the fucking Richie Rich's Christmas
1: Wish, which I'm still (laughs) thinking about to this day, by the way. Uh, One quick fact, I don't know if we mentioned in the Pie Noon episode, I was listening to the score of this episode, and I was like, this sounds so much like the Rugrats score, I'm gonna- wait, is that Mark Mothersbaugh? It is! It is,
0: yeah! (laughs) Same guy! Because we brought that up in the uh, Pie Noon episode, too. Is that he scored every episode of this show, and it is so obvious, because he's using the exact same sound fonts as Rugrats, and I can't not think of that show. <laughs> and it, it kind of it does throw me off a bit, I'm not gonna lie.
2: So, uh, what are we getting the Adventures in Wonderland Passover episode? Yay! <laughs> no, that would actually be badass, though.
0: <laughs> okay, so, let's get into the episode itself. So... It's been a long time since we've seen Dinah, folks, and guess what? She is still a good girl. Does not
2: give a shit. She is still Alice's therapist for some reason.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just love how Dinah's always just sitting on the bed like, Okay, Alice, what is it this time?
0: I just want to hear Dinah's internal monologue just once, just so we can know (laughs) what she's thinking. Because it's probably, I just really want to claw this bitch's face off right now.
2: I like to imagine (laughs) That Dinah's internal thoughts are voiced by Sir Patrick Stewart. (laughs) Oh man,
1: that would be amazing, like Susie and Family Guy.
0: (laughs) So how do they shoehorn Alice's personal problems into this episode? Well, she has a pen pal that she hasn't met, and she's just questioning everything.
1: Uh, Ah, long-distance friendships in the 90s. You clearly did not recognize how the future, all our friendships are long-distance. Alice, wait till you become a gay leftist on Facebook.
2: (laughs) None of your friends live near you.
0: This was way before Twitter, Instagram, like, any internet form, and it fucking shows.
1: (laughs) It's like whenever you see, like, shows from the 90s that are about the future that are all like, they still have newspapers, it's like...
0: Father, I can't click the newspaper.
1: They should have been fetching them Pokemon creatures. (laughs) Yo, Pops, you should get a Wi-Fi box.
2: I already have a Wi-Fi, son. A Wi-Fi hate. Hey. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. Just imagine one of those memes, but with Hatter and hair.
2: Yes. My all-time favorite boomer anti-phone comic is the one with the weirdly proportioned father and son walking outside. And the sun points up at the night sky and is like, look. Dad, they gave the sky a quote unquote dark mode, and the father has like a single tear coming
1: out of his eye. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Alice has somewhat more of a presence in this episode because she does actually help the Queen and Duchess understand each other at one point. So I'm like, finally, they're giving her something to do. Like nothing against Elizabeth Harnois. She's a very nice person and she's a great actress, especially for a child actress. But I guess it's just because everybody else in this show is just so great and has such a great personality that she's a little bit of a blank slate. But you know, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Right. So then we get that kick-ass theme song.
0: Okay, I'm just going to go on record here. I know I've tweeted this, but if you skip the Adventures in Wonderland theme on Disney+, Plus, that should be considered as much of a sin as it is to skip the Muppet Show theme on Disney+. Plus.
1: Yep. Yes! Oh That's how much
0: I love this theme song. It is a... Banger.
2: If you skip the theme song, the Cheshire Cat is going to show up in
1: your room. I've said this before, but it's the most '90s opening ever, and the best possible way. Like, it's just chaotic. Plus, it just got such a really cool vibe to it. Like, you're just watching this, and I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna go run into my mirror. up <laughs> uh, that's bad luck for seven years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, let me just pick this glass shard out of my eye. <laughs>
2: Basically, Adventures in Wonderland is just Alice's unconscious brain-damaged dream after she slams
1: her fucking head into a mirror every day. (laughs) Uh, Her her parents basically take all the mirrors out of the house because they're (laughs) like... Somehow, she just keeps finding them.
0: For the love of God, keep her away from the sewers, man. She keeps thinking they're rabbit holes for some reason.
1: (laughs) But that's where the rabbit... Rabbit is starving. Rabbit is starving. (laughs) So then it cuts to them all in a movie theater, and then they're all, we're going to present this new movie that we all made about the Duchess and the Queen's friendship.
0: Yeah, that's basically the framing device of the episode is that it's, like, fit into a documentary style, and I kind of love that they don't just focus on the Queen and Duchess. Like, everyone just gets their own chance to be themselves in the episode
1: it doesn't have like one plot through and through um but they do keep cutting back like what do you think of the duchess and the queen's friendship and i fucking love how hare and hatter are trying so hard to get the documentary to be made about them
0: they do this bit where they uh just try to one-up each other and who's gonna be first in the movie Well, first of all, I just fucking miss talking about Hatter and Hare, you guys. I really do. The
1: gayest! The gayest! Oh, we should mention that video somebody made.
0: Oh, yeah, someone made a video that's just 10 minutes straight of Hatter and Hare being a married couple. We're definitely going to link it on the Twitter because if you've never seen Adventures in Wonderland, it's the perfect way to describe the relationship between the two because there's nothing remotely heterosexual about them.
1: Nothing. Nothing at all. And they and the Duchess and Queen are gay lesbian solidarity.
0: It's true, and you should say it.
1: Basically, no one in Adventures in Wonderland is cis or straight, except for Cheshire. <laughs> Fuck him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cheshire Cat's a turf.
1: Cheshire Cat's that one guy who
2: says he's an ally, but then keeps just asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing devil's advocate.
0: So the first scene in the documentary is where they go over how the queen and duchess first met as kids. And I got to say, the kids pulling off those roles actually do a pretty good job.
1: They do, especially the kid who plays the young red queen. She did a great job. Now don't go anywhere or I'll raise taxes again. (laughs) That made me laugh so hard. Holy!
0: It's just that shit coming from a little kid is just so perfect.
1: (laughs) Oh, future Richard Nixon right there. Also, Dormouse reenacting the MGM logo was precious. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was so cute.
0: So basically, the queen's side of the story is that the duchess is low-key terrible to her.
1: Yeah, and that she's, like, super dull and... Fun? I don't
0: know if I can be fun. I'm a very dull and unlikable person.
1: (laughs) Almost as amazing as you? Don't push it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's just the the fact that they have kids saying these lines, like, straight-faced... It's just so perfect.
1: Yes, and it's the funniest fucking thing.
0: <laughs> and then they do the same with the Duchess where the queen is just like so bossy to her and rude. <laughs> and then they do the, oh, I can be just like you. Don't push it line again.
1: Stick with me and soon you be polite and lovable. As polite and lovable as you are, don't push it. Oh, how can I ever thank you? If not for you. I'd be doomed to go up into a crappy queen. Then I'm just like, well, then what are you now?
2: <laughs> Not gonna lie, I at first thought she said crappy queen. <laughs> like, I was just like, whoa, did they just say crap and Adventures in like
0: And then next we get the scene with Hatter and Hare where they're trying to one-up each other through similes. And uh, again, there's nothing heterosexual about them at all. Here's a couple choice lines that I, that I picked out. Our friendship is solid as a rock. Wink, wink.
1: You guys go together like cheese and crackers. <laughs> Dormouse, you're as wise as an owl.
0: <laughs> and you're as smart as a whip. Stop, It's too much.
1: Oh Oh, <laughs> oh <my. laughs>
2: You know what? No, I won't go there. <laughs> I will. No, just kidding.
1: <laughs> And then they get so mad when they find out that the documentary's not gonna be about them and Hatter's basically just pulling a Michael Scott the whole time. Can can we just get, like, a fan
2: cam of Hatter and Hair to S&M by Rihanna? Yes.
0: Oh my god. Like, you can't tell me they're not kinky in bed.
1: (laughs) And then I also fucking love when the White Rabbit is being interviewed and then he has that one line about how he has to turn on his answering machine and then go hide in the woods. I mean, you know the Queen's temper. Some days she's in such a bad mood I have to turn on my answering machine and hide in the
2: woods.
0: (laughs) When he said that, I was half expecting it to cut to the Red Queen just strangling him. (laughs)
2: So, how many of you have seen those, like, Team Fortress 2 shorts? Yes. Oh, yeah. How many of you have seen Meet the Pyro? Uh, yes. I have him. That's where Rabbit's whole scene reminded me of, that scene where Scout freaks out. And he's like, he's not here, is he?
1: I <laughs> gotta <laughs> <laughs> get <up>! him.
0: <laughs> you know, when you think about it, the White Rabbit and the Queen kinda have an abusive relationship in a sense. Kinda, sorta.
1: Basically, White Rabbit constantly has to put up with her bullshit. <laughs> I yeah. always
2: kind of viewed it as person desperate to keep their job and the queen as the crazy manager, which is like, yes, that is very much abusive, so.
0: There's supposed to be a show coming out soon called Kevin Can Fuck Himself, where it's supposed to be a sitcom wife is living through, like, a Kevin James-type show, and she just... Absolutely resents the husband and wants to kill him.
1: Oh my god.
0: I kind of want to see what it would be like if they did something like that but with the white rabbit. <laughs> like it just starts off with the usual like Wonderland antics and then it cuts to the white rabbit just doing a whole bunch of depraved shit just to cope with where his life's going.
2: <laughs> I would kind of love to see them with a Squidward and Mr. Krabs relationship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With Squidward as the employee who just does not give a shit. He's the minimum wage, minimum effort employee, and Mr. Krabs is the boss who wants to fire him so fucking bad, but
1: he'd be short-staffed without him, so... Or the zap Brannigan and Kiff Croaker relationship, basically. i want to see White Rabbit do the kif size so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> also, have you guys ever really noticed that the White Rabbit's outfit is kind of reminiscent of the Playboy Bunny outfit.
1: That's somebody's fetish. I'm
0: very sorry for putting that image in your head, everybody.
1: So that's what the Playgirl mascot looks like. I'm sure somebody is pausing scenes of White Rabbit right now for a really long time. (laughs) There's 7 billion people in this world, somebody is. (laughs) And speaking of eye bleeding, fuck the stupid cat for popping up during Alice's interview and jump scaring me.
0: It's a legit jump Scare that he does because <laughs> Alice is literally in the middle of describing the relationship between her and the queen and duchess, and the fucking cat just pops up with like these serial killer eyes and that toothy grin that's so terrifying.
1: I do say this in advance. Richard Coleman is a national treasure that must be protected at all costs. Just, that cat is terrifying.
0: (laughs) He's a good puppeteer. It's just the cat is just, I get it's an integral part of the Alice in Wonderland story, but we can always do without him.
2: Here's the deal, Richard. We'll stop talking shit about the Cheshire cat if you give me that O.J. Simpson signed football. (laughs) (laughs) so i can sell
1: it to people who are really fucked up i love how the director basically tells him no you're not allowed in this movie go away and then he's all well i can do special effects i'm like good do a special effect where you disintegrate
2: (laughs) not gonna lie i was kind of expecting like he was gonna do like weird shit to the background or like some weird camera effects on alice or some shit (laughs)
0: We should probably mention that the bit with the White Rabbit, his parts of the documentary is just him constantly getting information wrong and just stuttering in front of the camera and just hating himself
1: for it. He's basically kind of like an inverse of the Rocky Horror narrator.
0: (laughs) I also love the fact that the White Rabbit just gets so fed up. He just walks off camera and just starts banging his head on a pillar.
2: (laughs) And they kept that in the documentary?
0: (laughs) Also, one more thing. These filmmakers are fucking dicks to Rabbit because he specifically asks for them to cut out the line about him using the tape recorder and they don't and they leave all his bits in with him self-loathing and shit. And I just feel so bad for him. He deserves so much better.
1: Someone's getting sued. They are going to be responsible if White Rabbit ends up in a river somewhere. (laughs) And then we cut to basically Duchess and arguing because at first they were supposed to have a party, but then, as they said... When the rabbit went to buy everything, the party store was closed. Closed? Why? Oh, everyone from the store was at a party. So I'm like, so they just don't have any extra staff, okay? <laughs> I mean, do other people even exist in Wonderland? Because I know we've seen a couple of people, obviously, but it's like...
0: You know, we know movie theaters exist in Wonderland, and we know that there's pizza places and restaurants and stuff like that, but we never see any of the citizens that aren't the main characters of the show.
1: Yeah, unless it's like a special episode where they're introducing somebody.
0: We do get characters like the walrus on occasion and the duchess, but still, other than that, like...
2: What does a miserable minimum wage worker look like
1: in Wonderland? (laughs)
0: Simple, they don't
2: exist
1: (laughs) Well, Wonderland doesn't have any cops So that's a start
0: (laughs) We should mention too That Alice is telling the story About the Duchess helping the Queen set up for a party So they set it up as a flashback did they just happen to reenact this, or is this just them abandoning the framing device entirely? It's very confusing because they do it too with uh, the caterpillar when he diverts the documentary just to tell a story and they're just somehow filming all of it, stop motion and all.
1: <laughs> I guess maybe they had like a gorilla camera crew somewhere while that was all happening, just like filming it, so then they added it in last minute, so okay, those people are stalkers. <laughs> You know how some documentaries will have, like,
2: 2D animated footage drawn to go with, like, what the interviewee is
1: saying? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's something like that. (laughs) That, or maybe they're pulling a Sacha Baron Cohen and trying to expose all the politicians of Wonderland. (laughs) Who would be the Rudy Giuliani of Wonderland? Oh, God, Cheshire Cat. (laughs) And so then they sing a song together, and the music in the show slaps as always.
0: Damn straight. Thank you, Mark Mothersbaugh, and the many other composers on this show.
1: Oh, fun fact speaking of the composing, one quick side note. I also noticed one of the composers was Josh Mansell, who was also the composer for Crash Bandicoot and Jack and Daxter, as well as Clifford. Wow, yeah.
0: okay.
2: Holy shit! Yeah. I have some fond fucking memories of Jack and Daxter. So, the Game Boy Advance was the first ever console itself I owned, but the PlayStation 2 was the very first you hook up to a TV like three main big dogs console I had. Yes. Yeah. And one of the first games I ever played was Jack and Daxter, and it's still one of my favorite games of all time. And the music, especially, is fucking amazing. <laughs>
0: Yes. The resolution of the party scene is that the queen just decides altogether not to have a party despite already having most of it planned.
1: I mean, she'd probably have to cancel it if it was in COVID times.
0: Uh... Oh, boy.
1: (laughs) Can COVID even spread to Wonderland? You know what? I believe that Wonderland killed it within, like, one day.
2: So, I assume the virus can't transmit through mirrors. (laughs) Because, you know, that's an object. But... Let's say Alice is an asymptomatic infected person. Oh. And she goes to Wonderland and oh. we go through the theme song oh. and everything. And that's probably how Wonderland gets infected. Oh, God.
0: It's an infection in Wonderland.
2: <laughs> but let's face it, you're right in that they would probably find a treatment for it in like less than a day. Although I'm really worried about Caterpillar, considering he's a very um, regular smoker.
0: Well, not in this show. They kind of ditched that entirely, I think.
1: He quit? Good for him. (laughs) Yeah. I'm proud of him. He just does weed now, which, good for him.
0: (laughs) He he takes edibles on the side. Should we talk about the story he tells, too? Yeah,
1: oh my god. Because
0: it's basically about a bat and... A bird that can't get along with each other because they keep each other up at night and day.
1: I also just love that they're all, yeah, the solution is that I'll stay up all night with you and I'll stay up all day with you. And then it's like, yay, that's not going to literally kill them or anything. (laughs) Bats literally have to stay asleep during the day.
0: But hey, they're probably banging too now, so... (laughs)
1: How is that possible? Birds don't have the
2: same genitalia that mammals do, so how would that even work? This is a podcast about kids' shows, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our second Adventures in Wonderland podcast. Today, we're talking about cloaca.
0: Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Randy, you never change. Also, I'm sure I mentioned this in the... Pi Noon episode, but the stop-motion segments were done by Will Vinton.
1: Yes, and they look amazing.
2: Will Vinton made a stop-motion animation for once and it's not
1: terrifying. Which, by the way, honestly, it is kind of funny that the show has two things that serve as basically okay, here's the lesson for today, both like Alice's intros and the animated segments, which personally I prefer the animated segments, but then again, the animated segments don't have Dinah.
0: You know, I can't really flip a coin into what segment is better, but I will say that the story segments do have, like, their own charm to them, and they're, like, a lot of fun, I will admit, and pretty creative at times, I, I think.
1: Yeah, they're just so much fun to look at. They just have such a nice vibe to them.
0: At first, it was kind of giving me the vibe of the Penny cartoons from Pee-Wee's Playhouse.
1: Oh, huh, Yeah. <laughs> Kind of also gives basically the intro to the Weird Al show vibes or the Jurassic Park video. And then I love how the Caterpillar basically admits he was kind of added into the film last minute. He's like, oh yeah, I exist.
0: (laughs) And there's also, we should mention too, there's a weird running gag where Rabbit keeps fumbling with the tape for some reason.
1: It's like that episode of Spongebob where Patchy gets wrapped up in the tape and then how wouldn't that immediately break the tape? Actually, I think it was film. It was like nitrate film, which is
2: surprisingly durable. So I'm sure it would still be able to play, but it would still be parts that are off.
1: Oh God, Rabbit's giving us his rating for the episode and he's saying burn the tapes. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) I will say though, it is very surprising
2: that Rabbit managed to make nitrate film look almost exactly like magnetic tape. Very
1: interesting. You
0: know, that raises another question, too. Uh, is there a Wonderland equivalent of Roger and Ebert?
1: Honestly, I'd be disappointed if there wasn't. Oh, uh, Tyler. What? It's, uh, Siskel and Ebert.
0: Siskel and Ebert, yeah.
1: <laughs> Roger. I'm
0: sorry. I'll oh, I'll, I'll go get canceled on Twitter for being wrong. Aww.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tyler, get in the canceled closet with Tony and the sentient spiders. Yay!
1: I mean, they can't have a David Letterman parody, so why not?
0: <laughs> I mean, they straight up have Ed McMahon and Pat Sajak show up on two different episodes as themselves. <laughs> Hosting Star Search and some other game show, so...
2: Why wasn't Regis Philbin in Adventures in Wonderland? Oh
0: He totally would, would have been all over that in a heartbeat.
2: Oh my god, or Alex Trebek.
0: Rest in peace, both of you, you beautiful men.
2: Regis Philbin was just in every fucking thing Disney, so...
0: I remember he showed up in Lilo and Stitch the series at one point.
2: Oh my god, he did! <laughs> <laughs> Aloha, Regis! A little blue man in a dress! Fantastic! They should have preserved his superstar limo animatronic. Oh god, yes. (laughs) And just, like, make it into, like, a little memorial statue.
0: I just want a Regis Philbin hologram to host every Disney Park special from here on out at this point.
1: Yes! (laughs) I mean, they're trying to make a movie where they use archived footage of James Dean instead of an actor, so <laughs> anything's possible. How much money do I have to pay holographic
2: Tupac to get him to cover Will Smith's cover of Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious? Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then it cuts to the Tweedles, and then they have this whole flashback to where they had to form pictures for the Duchess and the Queen, and they just have to keep making them, like, bigger and bigger. <laughs>
0: Because they keep trying to outdo each other and have a dick measuring contest with picture
1: frames. Basically, (laughs) it's the Sam and John from Muppets Most Wanted argue about their badges all over again. Yeah. (laughs)
0: They literally keep saying, I want mine to be bigger. No, I want mine to be bigger. I want mine to be biggest. And then it turns out the best the Tweedles could do was they have a big picture of both of them, but it's just their mouths. (laughs)
1: Basically, then they go on to do, like, dentist ads,
2: I mean, if they wanted. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I thought there was gonna be, like, a shot, and it was gonna be, like, either a super giant painting, or they would, like, have
1: their faces on some sort of R- Mount Rushmore type thing. <laughs> <laughs> or the Tweedles, basically, try I say, you know what, fuck you, we're making our own picture. <laughs> and they just post a picture of themselves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man, and we should mention, they rap. They rap and it's beautiful.
1: Yes. It's a great song, honestly. Pretty catchy.
0: Picture for yourself, a picture frame.
2: Bringing you glory and acclaim. There's so much that we can do to make this picture
1: grand like you.
0: Friendly reminder, one of these Tweedles was Marvin fucking Berry. Yes. (laughs) I still can't get over that.
2: Your cousin Tweedle Marvin,
0: <laughs> and then we get my favorite scene in the episode with Mr. X and Mr. Y. Yeah!
1: <laughs> they yeah, pull I... such. Hello, my name is Mr. Scrub. Energy with that scene, and they're insisting that. See, we're two guys who happen to know Maher and Hatter, and we think the documentary should be about them with these Groucho Mark glasses.
0: <laughs> and they're and they're pulling off these smoker voices. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I just want to say this Queen Duchess friendship thing is overrated. In fact, there are many friends who would be much more interesting in a documentary. Like the Hatter and the Hare, Mr. Y. Yeah, good suggestion, Mr. X.
0: And then it ends with them just taking the glasses off, and it's still filming. <laughs> and they're like, oh man, your disguise was so great. We totally got them. <laughs>
2: So this was an unethically filmed documentary by all means.
1: <laughs> Basically.
0: Escape from Wonderland, if you will. Ah. Man, I wonder how long it's gonna take for everyone to get Cheshire cat flu. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then also I fucking love how Hatter and Hare try to sneak out of the theater, and then the Queen's just like, oh no, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Queen is pissed off with almost everybody after the documentary ends. <laughs> And then the documentary ends with an interview with both uh, the Duchess and the Red Queen and gay monarch rights, y'all.
1: Rue, and you should say it. I also love the last line where they're like, and the moral of the story is even a queen needs friends or a few sub-royal subjects so she can enforce to be nice to her. And I'm just like, that has big vibes of the song I Have Friends from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. You know what? We need a
2: movie styled after the interview, but with the Wonderland cast. (laughs) With the Red Queen as Kim (laughs) Jong-un.
0: Oh, man. And then the episode ends with a song where the Red Queen and the the Duchess say, even though we have our differences and we hate each other, we'll still be friends.
2: No, the fuck you're not.
0: And there's one line that I want to point out that comes from the Queen. Without my royal example... You wouldn't be so gay. They (laughs) Ah! know what they're doing.
1: Oh, they knew. So here's the thing
2: about this that I just want to say real quick. How, like, apparently the lesson is that they're still friends. No, the fuck they're not. They fucking hate each other. I thought the lesson was going to be like, we clearly butt heads too much. Let's just stop trying to be friends and just accept that it's not going to work. Instead, it's like, oh, we're just gonna keep being passive aggressive abusive friends to each other. Like, what? No, nothing in this episode has made me think these two are friends.
0: But they're probably hate fucking so.
2: Hey,
1: Sa. Oh, yeah, definitely, but they're not friends by any means. And uh, then basically, I kind of love at the end how Caterpillar is bragging about how he was the best part, and I'm like, no, you weren't. <laughs>
0: All my best stuff got stuck on the cutting room floor. <laughs>
2: Release the caterpillar cut. And then after you do release the caterpillar cut, which is four hours long, I'm going to keep bitching because now I want you to restore the caterpillar universe. (laughs) And I'm going to post it under every tweet about Space Jam 2.
1: Good lord. (laughs) On the bright side, I guess our constant demands for adventures in Wonderland work because now it's coming to Disney Plus. Yay!
0: I guess the question is now, what show do we have to demand come to Disney Plus next?
2: Muppets Tonight.
0: Bear in the Big Blue House.
1: Yes! Bear in the pink blue house, yes, but
0: definitely Muppets tonight too.
1: Yes, I think the answer is obvious. But do we give Adventures in Wonderland, Wonderland the movie, a keep the tapes or burn the tapes? Tyler,
0: keep, 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 keep and keep. And while I'm at it, because we didn't have our formula figured out in the first episode, keep the tapes for Pi Noon.
1: Yes, <laughs> please. Yes. Hard keep the tapes for both. It is admittedly hard to top an episode where you have a pie fight with Gilbert Gottfried while Willie Nelson singing in the background, but this is still really close, and this has extra gayness in it, so yes, hard keep the tapes.
2: I gotta keep the tapes! I gotta wash the tapes! I gotta lick the tape! I gotta date the tapes! I gotta be the tapes! <laughs>
1: Oh my god. I mean, it did have three VHS tapes, so we definitely gotta keep those. (laughs) And we gotta keep White Rabbits Can't Jump once it gets out of the vault. (laughs) Alright, do you guys have anything you'd like to plug?
0: As always, you can find us on Twitter at channel underscore KRT. We're also on Instagram at channel KRT podcast. We have our Facebook group and Discord server, which we'll definitely try to post more on our Twitter, but I'll probably forget anyway. Um... Be sure to like and subscribe on our YouTube, rate us on iTunes, give us any any praise whatsoever. We love guest feedback as you can tell from our first viewer's choice episode. And again, thank you so much to our listeners. You can also find me on Twitter at tylerfg, Instagram tylerfg96.
2: You can follow me on Cosmic Rewind on Twitter, replace the e with a 3, and you can follow me on No Context Tyler Quinn. You can find me on a few select episodes of Escape from Vault
1: Disney and this podcast too, obviously. And you can also find me over on Mission Breakout on Twitter. You can find me on Mission Breakout on Discord, A Walking Pun on Instagram. You can find me on select episodes of various podcasts, such as Escape from Vault Disney, The Emperor's New Podcast, Podcast Without a Cool Acronym, and which, by the way, both of them have joined me before for, for all three of those, and hopefully more going forward. And then, in addition, you can also find me at the Disney Vault demanding they give us the game monarch rights and you can find me right alongside kit demanding they release the oj cut
2: huzzah come on disney if the people behind the dating game have the balls to release
1: the rodney Alcala cut you can find the balls to release the oj cut exactly <laughs> if, if they can release four brian singer movies on the platform they can release that fucking episode they still released The Twilight
2: Zone movie, the exact year that shit happened. And The Crow. Although, to be fair, you know, The Crow was still a very good movie. Plus, John Landis wasn't the only director on that movie, so... Plus, Brandon Lee's death was more so just a tragic accident rather than sheer carelessness. Now, please watch The Crow, it's very good. Brandon Lee would want it to be out.
0: (laughs) I still don't get how we lost Brandon Lee, but... We kept John Landis. Make it make sense, guys.
1: Or Max Landis. Ugh. And with that all said, Channel KRT, cut to static, and please binge watch Adventures in Wonderland once it hits Disney+. Plus. Seconded. Let Disney Plus know that we want more retro Disney Channel shows. This! And peace.